I know the right answer, and it's the hardest one. The hardest answer is the right one here. What do you do about dad? You forgive him and you love him. Mm -hmm. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Wherever you're coming from, we're just grateful to have you. Whatever platform you came from or found out about this podcast with, or maybe you're a longtime listener, thank you. If you are a longtime listener, you remember my guest, Bernie Calcote. Awesome, awesome guest and great friend. You've been with me for 22 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you've always been the guy to help me dissect problems that I've had in my life You've always been the one that gave me sound advice. And so because of the format of this podcast, giving other people advice, I want to be able to use your your advice for others. Yeah. Happy to be here and uh, thankful for the invite back, man. You've been on probably been a while, yeah. 15 episodes. Yeah. It's been a while though. Maybe more, maybe 20. Yeah. Um, have you missed me? You've been I doing this solo, man. Like how, how is it doing it solo versus with a guest? Solo, because um, sometimes you'll be by yourself, and man, you'll be getting fired up, and I can tell you just want to look at somebody and I be know. like, you feel me? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's easier to not have a schedule and just go, I'm going to knock out a podcast and hit record. Yeah, yeah. It's harder because I have to talk the whole time. Right. I don't get yep. to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yep. if you have a question, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com, and that's what we're going to read from today, out of order not prompted, no notes in front of us. Bernie has no idea what's coming at him, and I don't either. So we're going to go into this right now. Subject line of this first one says, still living with the in-laws. Question comes from Rosie. Says, hey, Granger, my husband and I are coming up on our 10-year anniversary, yet we still live with his parents. We have three dogs, or three, excuse me, three kids, a service dog. We desperately want to move out of the house, but every time we mention a word or hint about moving, his parents panic. They tell us they will that if we leave, they will surely die. They say they can't live without us, yet they are verbally abusive to myself and my husband. They yell at my kids every day. Don't get me wrong, they mean well. They could be nice and sweet sometimes. I just feel like the stress is eating us all. How could we deal with this and still honor them? Currently living in California, praying to move to Texas. This comes from Rosie. Wow. Um, there's a lot of people that are in California praying to move to Texas, I feel like there right are, now. <laughs> there are. I was just in California and heard from a lot of them. Yeah. Um, wow. So 10 years, I'm assuming that they've been with the in-laws the entire time? Yeah. Oh, boy. So I think Rosie's Rosie's issue here is that we've said on this podcast a lot that, you know, there's a principle to honor your your mother and father. But but there's there's... There's counteracting principles in this situation of parents honoring the children, of the the man getting married and moving away from mom and dad. So there's there's some conflicting uh, principles to to talk about here. Mm -hmm. How do you start this conversation with Rosie? Well. The the first thing that that sticks out to me with Rosie is that I I believe and this podcast is always going to be tough love so mm-hmm. love you Rosie and and all you the people that are writing in I, I I love that you trust us with something that is such a deep question for you and your family and after I get that out of the way I want to say that I feel like this this is falling more on your husband's shoulders this is your this is something your husband needs to man up. He got three kids. Yeah. He needs to man up. Whoa. And I'm I'm a hundred percent Rosie for moving. And and I think you could honor them and still move. And I think you could you could say, we love you guys. We we are so grateful for the opportunity to stay here and to to have this foundation at home. But we have to in order to really blossom our own family, we have to leave. We have to leave the nest. And we want to come back and visit. If they were on hospice or something, like with cancer, mm-hmm. it might be a little different. That doesn't sound like that's what's going on here. It sounds like they just have some parents that are that are needy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think the husband guy, Rosie's husband, 
like you said, needs to man up. And uh, it's so hard without you sitting next to us and us be able to ask you questions. Like, why is there another reason why you have been there other than the parents or the in-laws trying to be controlling? Um, I think that, I mean, if these are reasonable people, they're going to understand, oh yeah, of course you need your own space and you need to move out. It doesn't mean that they're abandoning you know, the, the in-laws and um, maybe it's just a small step, you know, Granger always talks about um, these things that, you know, we're standing in front of the mountain and it's just too much. It's overwhelming to think about, you know, moving from California to Texas and really abandon, maybe you just move down the street. Hey, we're yeah. going st- to start small. We're going to move down the street. We're still going to come over for brunch on Sundays and the kids can come over and, and then kind of uh, maybe a slower process and just see how that is. Texas uh, is a long way. Yeah. That's a big step. Yep. Maybe that's part of the of the issue. And this falls on the husband's shoulders. And Rosie, it's going to be a tough, tough situation. It's going to be a tough conversation with your husband because you you also want to honor him. But he needs to step up as the leader of the family and man up and say, my wife's not happy. Um, my kids are being verbally abused. We're going to move out. And we're going to still going to come visit and and still be here for you. But but yeah, you're you're right, Rosie. Uh, your your intuition here is right. Your question, I think everything is right. If there's verbal abuse going on, or abuse in any kind going on, you need to remove your kids and yeah. yourself from the situation. And regardless of uh, being sensitive to the in laws, or I understand you need to be delicate, but. I mean, your husband and your kids are your first priority. So you yeah. need to get them to a safe place. Yep. I yep. Know. Sorry, Rosie. Tough spot. It's time to go. Start small. It's time you to know? go. Yeah, time to go. Okay, next question. Subject line says, my best friend is liking my ex's post. Hey, Granger, I'd like to remain anonymous. My best friend started liking my ex's Instagram post after we broke up and even added her on Facebook post breakup. We had a healthy dialogue about that and how it was making me feel so he respectfully stopped. Several months have passed now, and I noticed he recently started doing it again. They weren't friends before we started dating, which makes me question his motives. Is this my own insecurity kicking in, or do I have a reason to reevaluate whether I could trust this friend moving forward? How would you handle the situation? Thanks for all you do. Anonymous. Social media. Anonymous. Um. You're probably not going to listen to me, but um, <laughs> if if you wanted to, you know, get a wild hair and you know take advice of Granger's friend Burns, delete your social media account. Mm-hmm. Maybe get off your phone for a while, guys. These devices, I don't believe that we were made as humans to be able to have access to as many options and people and relationships to manage and to sort through that we do. It is, I mean, there's so much depression and anxiety and struggle that it's causing because we're not made to do that. Yeah. And so if you want to be bold and not have to deal with that, just get off of it. Maybe it's just for a time. Okay. Let's not get crazy. I mean, I'm trying to convince Leslie to let me get a flip phone and get rid of my phone, but I understand that's extreme. So maybe let's not go that far. Let's start with just maybe take a break from social media for a while so that you get to be where your feet are. You get to be present. And the only information that and things you're having to deal with are what's in front of you right now. Maybe start there. Yeah. So what Bernie's doing here is anonymous. He's He's telling you in a way that you have to take responsibility for this. You're because that's why because that's the only thing you can control is your own responsibility to the situation. You can't control your ex, you can't control your friend. And but what you can control is not seeing it mm-hmm. and not letting it affect you. So you take first of all take responsibility for yourself in this situation because you're going to get better. Now now just dissecting the problem itself. She's an ex, right? You're not together. She's not your property. And there's not there's not really a rule that says that so much time has gone by and, and your friend could never like a, an Instagram picture. And I don't think that has anything to do with trusting him moving forward either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think she may be, or he, he or she may be taking it 
personally when they don't need to. People are doing their own thing, and most of the time it has more to do with them than it does with you. Yeah. And so I maybe wouldn't take it personally. And let me say one more thing, and then I promise I'm going to get off my social media digital information soapbox. Because there's a lot, I've noticed a lot of really young listeners to this podcast. A lot of people that write in, they're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, right? So guys, just take a minute and just consider the effects that your phone has on your life. Um, go into your settings and look at screen time and just just look at the number of hours per day that you are looking at your phone. Yeah. And then you can multiply that, I think, times uh, each hour, you know, that's in there, average. It's like 15 days per year. <laughs> this is a scary experiment for you guys to do. I, when I did it, I was like, oh my goodness. It, but if you, if you do that, you'll start to realize how dependent you are on that device. A lot of it can be spent on social media. So just aware, maybe be aware and that there's people around you and there's things around you that could use your focus and attention uh, and maybe it'll end up helping you as well. That's it. Done. Yeah. <laughs> l- let me piggyback one last thing on that. We keep saying one last thing. If you say you need Facebook for work or there's a legitimate reason, there is, there is this idea that you should always block your ex anyway. Just block her. You, maybe you can't get off Facebook. Maybe you need something, you know, you need to do it for work, but you need to block her. Absolutely. You can't wake up in the morning and think, what is she doing? And look her up on Facebook and then see your friend like the post that is, that's damaging your day. It's damaging your mind. Mm-hmm. It's hurting your heart. It's, it's prolonging the heartbreak. So when you break up with someone and, and it's done, it sounds like this is done in this story. You need a blocker, and and if you need to tell her, hey, great. If you need to, if you need to shoot her a text and say, hey, um, I just need to tell you so that you know this is not personal to you. This is this is not me hating you, but this is me working on myself and needing to be better because I'm heart sick, and, and in order for me to get better, I hope you understand that I'm going to block you, not for a hate reason, but just for the reason that I can't for my own sanity, look at you every day on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Yeah. I think that's your answer right there. As far as your that's friend. I d- if he starts dating her, I mean, worst case, he marries her. I mean, that's kind of, that could happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's a trust issue. She's kind of free game, right? Yeah. yeah. I wonder how old these people are too. Yeah. They didn't say, did they? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Man, we're kind of we're kind of gonna go to something similar here. Next question says, "Hey Granger, I'm Zach from Cincinnati. I've been struggling recently with my girlfriend. She's very beautiful, and I love her. She posts a lot of bikini pictures and videos on social media. I get worried and jealous that she's doing this for attention. Do you have any advice?" <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh. But it's real. This is re- these are real problems today in 2022. These are real problems, very real problems. Um, so, can I have a plug for strong fathers, strong daughters? Go for it. If you haven't read that book and you're a dad out there of a daughter, please go read it. It is incredible. Strong fathers, strong daughters. Because um, I think they're it, who knows. We can't we can't assume the intentions of this girl. Um, we can only take, uh, did he say his name? Zach. Zach from Cincinnati. Okay. His, I think he has a right to be kind of like feeling a little weird, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, sure. I would probably feel weird. Like, sure. So I don't, I don't know what to tell him. What do you say to her? I would yeah. say there is, I would say there's one scenario where this works out Two. There's two scenarios. One, she's a model and she's doing this because she's getting paid and that's her job. Mm-hmm. Two, she, and, and I, I knew a girl like this at one point, she actually designed and made bikinis mm-hmm. for a living. Mm-hmm. And she used other girls as to model the new, the new line, the new summer line. And then she modeled a few times herself, the new design. She literally knit them 
in her house and made these bikinis. Okay. Those are your two reasons. I don't think this is either one of those things. If, if she's, I always am wary about anyone that's posting too many pictures with no friends in it. It's just Mm -hmm. them. And there's no reason, there's nothing to promote behind it besides promoting their own ego. Mm -hmm. That's always a little weird to me. So like if, if I friend someone on Instagram, Say someone, say it's a radio personality, okay, or in a meet them, and that, and and we we become friends on Instagram, and I look at their profile, and it's every picture is nothing but themselves, everyone. There's no friends, or dogs, or parents, or spouse. It's like what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. So Zach, uh, let's get practical. The practical step first is just talking to her. It sounds like he's young. It's pretty young. I'm guessing. Just say, hey, um, I'll be totally honest with you. I'm going to be very vulnerable. I'm, I'm going to admit something that's embarrassing, but I'm a little, I'm a little weirded out. I'm a little, little jealous that you post these pictures for the world to see. And she's not going to take that very well, Mm-mm. probably. But then you're going to find a lot of, out about your relationship at that point. Mm-hmm. If she's like, hey... I, I I want what's best for us in this relationship. If that's weird, I'm going to stop doing it. You got a winner, okay? That's a great, a great answer. But I don't think she's going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, she's probably emotionally developing just like you. You know, they're in that kind of phase of like trying to figure out, you know, who they are and what they can trust and what they can't. And they, they're looking, putting things out there to see like what gets the attention, the kind mm-hmm. that they want. Um, so I, I don't know, man. She's going to get more likes if she's in a bikini than if she's a, in a button up shirt. Yeah, for sure. And, but I mean, maybe like that's the, the, maybe that's the question for, for her from him is like, Hey, is, is my attention not enough? Mm. Great. Um, is my, the way that I love you and adore you and will do anything for you, is that not enough? Because these photos, it's kind of you saying like, hey, I need I need your attention and your millions of people, I need your attention and your affirmation. Like, are my words not affirming enough? And if not, then why? Like, it, it could be the start of a really deep, beautiful conversation or it could be the beginning of a breakup. Yeah. <laughs> but either way... I think you got to speak up, Zach. It's time. Yeah. It's time, Zach. Bring it up to her. Um, let's hit another one. This says, Navigating Parenthood and God. Hello, I'm the mom of three, and I had I had a tough childhood. My mom was a huge Christian and shared custody of me and my sister with our biological dad. He was, he was and still is a non-believer. He tried to convince me as a kid that God is not real. To give you an accurate picture of this, he had 666 tattooed on his neck. We no longer speak at all. Fast forward, I've worked through lots of anxiety around religion and have tried going to church, but I still struggle. I have three kids, 10, 6, and 2. My 10-year-old recently had what I think was an anxiety attack. He asked me if life is real and how do we know that God is real? And he was crying pretty hard. What advice would you give me and my husband to navigate through this with him? These are questions I still struggle with, given my past trauma around religion. We go to church and we are believers, but it's still a very vulnerable subject in our house between my husband and me. We can almost discount the the dad talk, the 666 dad. Um, so that was her dad? That was her dad, but he's not in the picture anymore. So, so she was raised by her mom, shared custody with... Yes. Mom, who is a believer. Yeah. And not believer dad. Okay. But now her and her husband, um, they're just wrestling with how to talk to, through. How to know if God is real with their son, who is 10. 10, 6, and 2, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I think the dad kind of, the grandpa is kind of irrelevant a little bit. Right. Right. Um, but she's still, it sounds like she's still maybe working she's, through. She's just recognizing that she she probably had doubts in her life as well through um, a broken marriage mm-hmm. that she was raised in. 
So we're going to talk about here, and this is great. This is great for Bernie and I, because Bernie, you have a um, 12? 12, 12, 9, and 5. You have 12, 9, and 5, and I have a, a 10 and an 8 and a newborn. So so we, we know what 10 is like. Bernie's had one, and I've, I have one now. And it's 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 a critical it's as critical as is parent for parenting right now at this age so how do we know how do we explain to a child that god is real well it's going to really it's going to start with it's going to start with parents honoring the word of god through their lives mm, yep so for instance when your your son has a baseball game tournament on Sunday morning at eight o'clock, and you say, "We're going to skip this tournament because we're going to church on Sunday morning," that that's an example of of living by the Word of God through your actions, so that he could see, "Oh, this is really important. Like this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Going to church must be a really big deal to mom and dad." Mm-hmm. And you, mom, Julie. This is your name. You're saying we go to church and we're believers, but it's, but you you struggle with religion, so it's it's important for them to see that you're not struggling with it. Yeah, that was the first thing that I was thinking is um, your kids understanding that we're all kind of wrestling. I, I have talks with Boston all the time of like, man, dude, this parenting thing is hard. Like, I love you so much, and I, I want this for you, but I also want to let you make your decisions and your good choices and bad choices. Um, but I feel like the best ministry that I have to my kids, like you said, is the way that I relate my life to the Word of God. So they don't just see um, Sunday morning we go to church, but they see the way that we stop and... We talk to the homeless person on the corner, mm. and that we have these bags in our car already made, that, so we can, so we can help them and do something. The way that the music that we listen to is, you know, um, is glorifying to God. There's, there's all of these things that are pouring out of a genuine heart posture that wants to glorify God with my life. That I think that that, um, even though I may fumble through the actual words of you know, um, telling them about the story of the gospel. Maybe it's not eloquent, maybe it's kind of fumbled around, but the way we live our lives out of that love that we have, I think that's the best way we communicate it. Yeah. Paul says in his epistles, he'll say that the evidence of God is all around us. We're left without excuse. Mm -hmm. And that's in creation itself. That means sometimes you take a vacation with your kids to the Grand Canyon and you walk out to the edge of the Grand Canyon and you you tell your kids as you're looking at it and everyone's in awe of it, you say, isn't God incredible? Look at this. Look at this place. Isn't God incredible? And your, your six-year-old and your two-year-old are hearing that. Mm-hmm. They're left without an excuse to go, this wasn't an accident. Mm-hmm. This was by design. You step out in your front yard when a big storm comes in in June and the clouds roll in and the big thunderheads and all the colors and the lightning. And you look up and you go, God is incredible. Look at this. God is incredible. And and they're going to look at you and go, yeah, I see that. I see it now. And, and it also happens through your own struggles because we struggle. Believers will struggle. And and you, through your struggle, you say, I'm I'm... Mommy, why are you crying? I'm, I'm just, I'm so sad. But I know through my tears and through my sadness, I know that, that God has a plan, that God has a purpose. And so I, I trust God has a purpose, even though I'm crying and I'm hurting. And this is very hard. We lost grandma or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you, you relate to your kids. You speak out loud that we lost grandma and I'm so sad, but I know that I'm trusting, I'm trusting the purpose of God in this, and they they're soaking that in, they're absorbing that from mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's great. I, I would um, suggest to Julie, and Granger says this on this podcast all the time, which I think is awesome, and honestly has impacted me in my spiritual walk in my life. Is 
you, Julie, personally just dig into the word every morning if you possibly can, because out of that, you're going to know what to say. You're going to know what to do. It's just going to be natural that your kids are going to be like, wow, there is, my mom just gives credit to God for all things. So that's where they're going to place their trust is like, no, well, God made this and God did this. Not, well, I worked hard and I got this job or this house. It's like, oh no, man, God is so good. So yeah, I I would just dig into the word, start there. and And when you do that, Julie, for instance, for me, I read the Bible every morning and I've purposely made my place where I read in our living room where the kids wake up and have to walk past me mm-hmm. so that every morning they see the dad is living for this word. It's, it's, it's a lifeline because although I mess up and I struggle and I, and I stumble through life, I'm going back to be renewed every morning. I'm going back to the source because I need it because literally my life depends on those words. Mm-hmm. And I want my kids the first thing in the morning to see dad is going back to be refueled this morning. Mm-hmm. Yesterday he struggled through something, anything, but he's being, he's being renewed today because, it, because he has to, not because he wants to or because it's, an, it's a hobby or a habit but because his life depends on it. Mm-hmm. And I want them to get older and get into their 20s and look back on being young and be like, I remember dad. What do you remember about your dad? I remember he got up every morning before we were up and he was in there reading the Bible with his eyes wide open like he had to read it. Mm-hmm. I want them to think that. Mm-hmm. And then I want them to do it. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> let's, great. Let's man. take a break. Be right back. All right. We're just going down the list, reading these questions. Got my my secret weapon guest, Bernie <laughs> Calcoat with us. And this this next one says, Dear Granger, I recently rent, went through a two-year relationship. I thought the girl was the right one for me, and she tried manipulating me into coming back into a relationship with her. And I told her that it was not going to work out because I was depressed for two weeks after she broke up with me, but my mom told me that I'm better off without a relationship, especially one that's going to break my heart. I told her I'd rather stay single for a couple years. I've even made plans to move out to Oregon, where I live, to move out to Cheatham County, Tennessee, and start a new life. Looking for some relationship advice and any tips on getting closer to God and starting a new life in a new town. I'm nervous to go, but I'm also looking forward to this. I'm 25 years old. Okay. So it's a lot of questions in there. Relocation, closer to God, relationships. Yeah. And if y'all have a question, email GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. My own, I have a couple requests. One, um, keep it about a phone length long. That's a perfect length to read. If it gets longer than a phone length, then it's harder to read on the podcast. Um, my second request is make sure you, it's, it's better if you put periods and commas. <laughs> I, I'm shocked with <laughs> the questions that don't, it's like a long question and there's not a single period in the whole question. Is that like a phone? Is that like a texting thing? I guess so. I mean, just everything's so casual these days. We just, you know, abbreviate <laughs> words, totes, magoats, or totes, obs, or whatever it is. And I'm definitely, man, getting old, like, really fast. Because I'm looking at, like, some of the younger cultural things, and I'm just like, oh, back in my day, we did yeah. ours. It's like, sorry, guys. Old man moment. So, uh, he, did he say anonymous? No. So, this is Wade. This comes from Wade. And so Wade, um, just going through, like Bernie said, a lot of different things here, but but I think you're right for not going back to this girl that you went through this relationship with. She broke your heart. She manipulated you. Good for you, man, that you're making a step that a lot of people have trouble doing. And you're you're recognizing that, hey, I was really hurt after this breakup and I'm going to get out of it. I'm not going to go back into it. In fact, I'm not going to go into any relationship right now until I feel confident in myself and confident as a single person. So good for you, man. Sometimes in doing that, as as an exercise of doing that, you have to move out of your hometown. Yeah. You're doing that. Yeah. So what's the question here? He's 
Just looking, looking on looking for from the ad- future. Yeah, some advice. I, I think there's three words for old weight. Mama knows best. Mm. Stick with what mama said. She said, you don't need to go back with her. I think that opens the door. You're 25. You're still young. Move. I actually moved. Well, you moved was, to Tennessee. Younger than that. Younger than that. So you moved to Tennessee to Georgia, back to Tennessee, back to Texas. Um, go go move. Experience a different culture, man. You're going to – a different environment. Make new friends. Um, like you said, you're working on yourself. You're trying to become closer to God. And um, there's no way – or no better way to be closer to God than stepping out in faith and saying, okay, God, if this is, if Cheatham, Tennessee, is that where Cheatham you Cheatham County. Cheatham County, Tennessee is where you're calling me to go, and I don't know anybody, I don't have a job, I'm going to go because you're calling me there. Dude, you're going to be closer to God through that for sure. You're, t- you're listening to two guys that did this. When we were in our low 20s, both of us moved many states away to Tennessee, actually, and... I didn't know a single soul. You didn't, didn't either. Nope. And we just completely started new. So part of your question is getting closer to God. Well, that's getting plugged in right away to a church in Cheatham County. Mm-hmm. I would I would go, and, and you might have to go to a couple. You might have to sit through a couple of Sunday services to feel um, where, it, where it feels like that's your personality and these are your people. And when you do, get plugged in, get involved. Go serve with them. If they, if they have like a serve Saturday or something where they're going to go into the community and cut limbs with a chainsaw, sign up. Go do it. Yeah, go for it, Wade. You may go to a party and meet a buddy who plays the guitar, and then y'all song swap all night, and then 22 years later, you do a podcast with them. That's our story. It could happen. That, that will happen to you, Wade. <laughs> do it. All right, next question says, dating advice. Hey, I'm Garrett. I'm 21 years old. And I'm a custodian, and I met a parateacher at work I really like, and I think she likes me too. I'm pretty, I have a pretty severe stutter, and she's always kind to me and gives me compliments, and I give her compliments too, but I have never found the courage to ask her out. I can only carry out a normal conversation, but when I'm about to ask her, I study, stutter pretty much the whole conversation. What would you recommend I do? Vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's where this. That's where this is. Daniel, who? Or, excuse me, Garrett. Your email says Daniel. Garrett, you are. That stutter is part of you, right? That that's that is you in a sense. It's it's what makes you you. So if she doesn't like to stutter, she doesn't like you, right? So she might as well know right from the very <clears throat> beginning. You come in and you say. And I've said this kind of thing before on this podcast, and so I want to say it's difficult to do this. But you just say, "My name's Garrett. I think you're beautiful, and and I really like you, and I, I would love to grab a coffee with you sometime." Oh, by the way, you hear that stutter? I stutter when I'm nervous around pretty girls, and and so I'm sorry that I can't I can't talk completely clearly because I stutter a little bit, and I hope you're okay with that. But but I'm just trying to tell you that I would love to have a cup of coffee with you. Yeah, I think that's great. I think being your true self, because if you try to hide it, yeah, it's eventually going to come out down the road. And wouldn't you just rather know from the jump, man, this girl likes me for me, all of me, the stutters and the other, all the stuff. Like she know she knows me from the jump. And it sounds like this is a, uh, it goes away whenever he gets more comfortable. Yeah. So after you go to coffee and. You guys talk for a while. Maybe it's not as big of a deal for her because you're comfortable around her and you don't stutter as much around yeah. her. It will still be a thing in the future for him always, right? Um, yeah. So, so what did you say about Jordan Peterson earlier? Something about if you... if you, What is it you said about if you're lying if you don't... If you have something to say... Right. And you stay quiet... You're lying. Yeah. So hiding the stutter from her, trying to hide it, is essentially lying to her at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough to understand that, but but it's the truth because you trying to be your best and not stutter is a form of a lie. Instead of just telling her straight up, I would love to have coffee with you. And then you stutter and you say, sorry, did you hear that? That's I stutter when I get nervous. And right out there, you're just being totally truthful and you're being yourself. And if she doesn't love that instantly about you, then she's the wrong girl. 
Absolutely. There's nothing more attractive, I think, for a woman or for a man is somebody who is completely confident in their skin, who God made them to be, with a sense of humility, for sure, not like an arrogant confidence, but somebody who understands, man, this is this is who I am, who God made me to be. I'm confident and secure in that, and I'm offering that to the world. I got nothing yeah. to lose here, nothing to hide, so... Next question says, how to find a girl that shares your values and faith? Hey, Granger, my name is Brendan. I'm 20 years old. I'm a Christian from Florida. I don't find the party and drinking seem very fun. And dating apps seem to be very hit or miss. How would you suggest I try to meet someone? I'm working full-time and going to college and trying to make a good life for myself, but it seems like other people my age only care about partying. My friends and family have always told me I'm a good person, but lately I've been doubting that myself. What am I doing wrong? Thanks, Brendan. Trying to find somebody with your values. You just have to narrow the scope of where you're looking. You, you, can't, you can't go to Chick-fil-A and you're trying to get a steak. Mm-hmm. It's like, I really want a filet mignon. And they're like, well, that's not on the menu here. You came to the wrong place. <laughs> You came to Chick-fil-A, you're wanting filet mignon, you're looking in the wrong place. So you're looking for a girl and you want her to have the same values as you, you got to change restaurants Mm -hmm. and you know the restaurant, you know the places you like to hang out. Yeah, that's good. I think you've said this uh, on this podcast before, but I think it's worth repeating because I think it is uh, important in what he's going through. Um, I would honestly recommend taking your eyes off of this girl that you want to date. You're 20 years old, you're young, and there's a whole world in front of you. You're a believer. So if you don't say, I'm a Christian, my answer is probably a little bit different. Uh, But if if you have a Christian worldview, focus every bit of your energy on Jesus Hmm. and chasing after him. God, every morning, like Granger says, be in the word. God, what do you want for my life? What do you want? Where, where is it? Where is it? And as you're walking in that, I feel like he's going to put some passion. I feel like early on for uh, both of us, it was music. And man, that what a blessing that he gave us this vision. And girls along the way that wanted to date, I was like, no, man, God has called me to do this and to spread this message in this way. And I am doing that. And it wasn't until I looked to my left and right, like you say, and saw somebody that was doing that same thing as much as me, and then we kind of started hanging out, and then we hung out a little more. And so that would be my recommendation, man, is switch the focus, focus on Jesus, and just pursue His will for your life as hard as you possibly can. And don't, I I think we tend to put a timeline on, well, I have to like find the girl and get married in between this time if I'm going to have kids at this time and I'm going to die at this time. Yep. It's like we're right. working it back and saying, well, man, 20 to 25, I got to find who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Just throw that out the window. That's just, uh, that's our culture. And I don't think that that's true. I think that you just focus on him and in his time and his perfect will, that person's going to come along and you're going to know it. Yeah. that Jonathan Pecluda, uh pastor and author in Waco, Texas, he wrote a book called Outdated. Highly recommend this book for you, Brendan. Outdated. Uh, you get the audiobook, get the physical copy. But um, he says something very similar to what Bernie just said. He says, chase after Christ, live your life as though God is number one and glorifying him is number one in your life. And as you're on that path, as you're walking that path, the first time you find a girl that is doing the same thing, there's honoring God and loving God and putting him first, ask her out on a date. It's really that simple. Mm-hmm. Like it's that simple. And if it doesn't happen this year or next year or 10 years, that's okay. But when you do, ask her for coffee. Yeah, because if you get to the end of your life and that person has never come, would you rather look back and say, man, I spent the last 30 years looking for this person never found or... I spent the last 30 years chasing Jesus and I'm ready to go home. Yeah. Yeah, we could find plenty of questions on this podcast of bad relationships. Like, Mm -hmm. it's probably the next one on the queue (laughs) is a bad relationship. (laughs) And here you are without a relationship. You're better off, man. Yeah. Okay. Let's hit another one. Here it is. Parents going through a divorce. Subject line. Mm. Hey, Granger, first first off, absolutely love your music and your podcast. My name is Emily. I go to Texas A&M. Whoop. 
My parents are recently going through the, the divorce process. My dad has gone about it entirely the wrong way and is losing everyone because of it. He recently blocked my number. I've done nothing but hear him out. It's hard because he's my dad, but he's turning into someone I don't know. My mom and dad have always been close, and she deserves none of this. I love her with, with my whole heart, and it pains me to watch her hurt. Me, my mom, brother, and sister have all become so close due to this. I'm not sure how to handle it. Thank you as always, and giggle. Emily, thank you. Tough question. Let me point out um, something that you might not have noticed through this, but your very last thing you said is, me, my mom, my brother, and sister have all become so close due to this. That's a blessing. Yeah. Sometimes sure. we have to look for the blessing. And go, wow, yeah, it, took, sure. it took this terrible situation, but now I'm really close with my siblings like I've never have been before. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, because I think a lot of times it's it's years after that we look back, because... I think about the relationship I have with my brother and sister, everything that we've been through in our lives that has made us really stronger. And I'm looking back on it thinking, oh man, what a blessing that was. But now hearing Granger in the moment, maybe you can have that just awareness of what's happening in real time right now. Uh, it's it, it's tough. I, I'm still a little bit confused as to why dad has, what, what happened that would one, make them divorce and two, make... Th- him block his daughter and his family. He's handling it wrong. She said that. Uh, It's a tough thing for a daughter. I think you've talked about this before for a a, a child to have to navigate a parent acting emotionally immature or out of line. I know the right answer and it's the hardest one. The hardest answer is the right one here. What do you do about dad? You forgive him and you love him. Mm-hmm. You can't change his actions, but you could change the way you react to him. And so what do you do? Forgive him. What do you do tomorrow? Forgive him again. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you condone his actions. It doesn't mean you accept his actions. It doesn't mean you pull him into Thanksgiving and you make him sit back at the table. It means none of that. It just means in your heart, you say, Dad, I love you and I forgive you. The situation crushes me, and mom doesn't deserve it. And you should never block your daughter's number. But I still forgive you because I love you Mm -hmm. and because you're my dad. Have you heard that line, kindness leads to repentance? Mm -mm. Yeah, I hate that because it's so true, but it (laughs) it goes against everything in the moment that I want to do. It's like, no, I want you to see how you messed up, and I want to tell you, and then I want you to apologize and repent of what you've done. Right. But kindness really leads to repentance. People's hearts are not going to get there by you kind of condemning them. So I think what you're saying, grace and forgiveness and patience and kindness, it's going to be really, really tough. And a burden that in a, as being a college student with your dad, you shouldn't really have to bear, but this is the lot that God has given you and yeah. you get a chance to respond to it um, the best that you possibly can. So I, I would agree with you, Grizz. That's, that's how I'd handle it. And love your mom. You know, she needs you right now. She needs you more than she ever has needed you. Mm-hmm. And so be there for her. Love her. If she needs, a, she needs you to run to the convenience store and grab a Diet Coke, go do it. Serve her. Serve her. And, uh, and be there for her just to listen. You don't always have to give advice, but just just listen. Be there for her. And when she asks what you're going to do about your dad and she wants to work you up, say, I'm going to forgive him. What? No, he's an evil man. But I forgive him, Mom, because essentially we're all evil. And like you said, it can be really easy for people to associate forgiveness with condoning. Yes. And that's not, we, we got to separate those two things. That's yeah. not biblical at all. Try to stay away from the circles that are going to want to gang up and just talk gossip. Mm-hmm. What do you hate about dad? Well, I'll tell you what I hate about dad. <laughs> and another thing, what do you hate about dad? I'm, yeah, we all hate dad. Yeah, let's know? get him. <laughs> yeah. So just avoid that. Walk out of the room if that starts happening. And just or just tell people, hey, I still love him. He's still dad. What? Yes, I do. I do. And I and I hope, I hope that one day, if and when I mess up, you forgive me. Mm-hmm. 
Because you know what? God has. So you try to live that. It's not, it's not easy, Emily. It's not easy, but that's the posture I would take with this. And it's not quick. So no. Just so you know, it's, it, it's going to be a while. Next question, subject line says, mentally exhausted. I've been mentally exhausted and feel drained when going to sleep and waking up. My life feels good. I'm working every day. I go to school. I don't have a relationship, but I have plenty of friends. Why am I so exhausted physically and mentally? Matthew. This is a great question for Bernie. I don't even know what he's going to say. But if I was feeling this mentally and physically exhausted, you would say time for the wilderness, <laughs> wouldn't you? Speak into Matthew about your wilderness talk. <clears throat> yeah, I think, Matthew, without knowing you and without knowing all the circumstances of your life, it sounds like he said he has a good life. Yeah. Um, I think that we live in just a different culture now where there's so much stimulation and we're having to process so information. I feel like I could stop my life right now and spend the rest of it thinking through and processing everything that I've experienced up to now. Mm. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Like I'm still going to be consuming more experiences and information to process. Um, I think if you can develop a habit, and this is really hard, it's hard for me, it's a discipline that we just have to keep getting better at, but stillness and solitude, be alone with your thoughts. I think practicing mental exercises, for me, I do it every morning, and I do it with the motivation of, God, I want my heart, soul, mind, and strength to glorify you to its fullest capability, and so in the same way that I'm eating healthy foods and I'm exercising my body and I'm reading your word and I'm filling up with you every morning, I'm doing the same thing for my mind. I want to be able to focus in every moment on your word and what your will is calling me to. So I'm going to, I'm going to have some mental exercises that help me. These distractions come in and I just, I, I mentally push them away and then I come, come back to focus. Um, when you walk through the wilderness, I think what happens is you give yourself the space to really sort through a lot of these thoughts that keep making you mentally exhausted. So I would give yourself some space, journal. Granger always talks about journaling, just getting those things. When you read them, you can either dismiss them as, ah, I, don't, I don't know why I keep thinking about that, but you won't do that until you actually see it. Um, or you can understand that, man, there's this, maybe there's something here that I need to really just sit with and process. There's, there's a deeper issue here as to why I keep coming back here. If you're mentally exhausted, one, you have to think about what you're putting in your body. That's mm. the food that you're eating, the drinks that you're drinking, but also what are you looking at? What are you watching? Uh, I talked about the, you know, the phones earlier of spending so much time looking at our phones, these the all of those things matter what 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 is going in and if you're overloading the system it's just going to be exhausted so give yourself some space consider what it is that you're putting in and then maybe redesign how your mental life could look moving forward that's yeah. great i would ask this question if this was me i'd ask this to bernie cuz he 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 thinks through this kind of stuff and i think he mentioned some great things like food you, your food, you feel drained when you're going to sleep and waking up. There's a good book called Everything Starts with Food. And mm, yeah, there is, there's a way of looking at, there's certain things that you're putting in your body that you don't even know that could be affecting you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be chocolate or sugar. It could be, it could be beans or bread or tomatoes. It could be something simple as you kind of dissect what you're putting in your body, you realize, yeah, I don't react good with bread. Could just be you. Um, and then I would say, you know, get some kind of workout routine. Mm -hmm. You get some kind of workout routine going, whatever suits you. I don't care if it's jogging or walking or strength training or, or treadmill or yoga. I don't, I don't care. Find something that fits your personality and stick with it. Three to seven days a week, do it. And you will sleep better. You'll sleep better. And then when you sleep better, you wake up better. And then the mental thing. 
it sounds like you're going to need an electronic Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Make make a day. This is going to happen when you're you come to the point of emailing me saying you're mentally exhausted. You're going to say, okay, on on Sundays, I'm going to I'm going to stay away from electronics completely. I'm going to avoid screens and electronics, and and I'll probably do some kind of camping trip where I go out by myself. I'm going to go in the woods and I'm going to camp in a tent with no electronics, and I'm just going to make a, a fire. And I'm going to cook some hot dogs on the fire. And I'm just going to stare at the fire and listen to the wind and mm. coyotes and Man. think. <laughs> I want to go. You're making me jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. So these are, this is how you could. And then if you come back and you feel a little bit better, then you go, oh, that worked. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it again in two weeks. And, and, and then practically every day, every single day, man, iPhone is, has gotten pretty good with designing the phone where you could set it up where... Like mine, mine turns off at like 8.30. It goes into, it shuts down all the apps I don't need. Mm-hmm. And it puts it on um, silent and or do not disturb. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't kick on till like 8 a.m. the next morning. And then it allows me to use those apps again. So, and, and I don't sleep with my phone. I think that's important too. When I, when I take a shower, I start winding down. My phone goes to the charger and I don't see it again until the next morning. And if I do need to see it again, those apps are shut down. So iPhone, and I'm sure Android does too, but they've set up a lot of really cool things to say, hey, this is the time of day when I'm going to use it, and this is the time of day I'm not. Falling asleep on the pillow staring at your phone is, I think, one of the worst things you could do for your mental health. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because you go unconscious. And even even if you got to check a post or something, you go unconscious by looking at all that. You just go down this rabbit hole. And then before you know it, you're exhausted and you're still staring at the phone. So go put it in another room and, and set it up where you can't touch it after a certain time at night. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to help a lot, all those things. Yeah. I mean, you think about if you, what happens if your diet is just sugar, alcohol, caffeine? Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible like diet. My, my guitar player. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's going to re- recommend that diet, but yet <clears throat> there's things mentally that we feed ourselves that are the equivalent, but we haven't yet, yet, because I think there's studies that are happening now that are going to be eye-opening, uh, associated screen time and the things that we're actually looking at with the mental exhaustion that he's talking about yeah. right now. So, man, that's uh, that's all we got today. Thank you for coming, bro. Awesome. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, man. Thank you guys guys. for listening. See you next Monday. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee-yee.